This is a really, to me, one of the more fun conversations I'm going to have here today at All Sport One Day, and, and that is um, orienteering. Because this, David, can be so much to so many and is easy for everybody, I think, to be involved in. Is that fair? Or some level of orienteering? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that's one of the 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 biggest attractions for the sport is that it, it's, it has such a wide range of possibilities um can incorporate such a wide range of athletic abilities um and and people can do it for so many reasons so that's the the part when i grew up orienteering was something we would have done in scouts and something we would have done in phys ed but didn't necessarily view it as an athletic endeavor right that has changed that now there it is very easily uh, you know one of the more athletic competitions you can be involved in right isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's one of the, I think, the preconceptions about orienteering is it's something you do, you hike around, you, you know, people do it in school or in scouts and things mm. like that. And it's not seen as, as maybe a high level or even elite uh, sport. Right. Um, that, that's largely a North American phenomenon, I think. Um, in Europe, it's, it's a huge sport and it's much more familiarity. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously now we have a we have a, a really well-developed national team in Canada that travels and races all through Europe and through the United States and Canada. Um, and so it has that opportunity for, for high-level high level athletes and runners who want to progress in a sport to the elite level. Right. I mean, that pathway is available. That's not to say we don't have and don't offer um, a really a more recreational side sure. uh, for people who don't even run, who just want to be out, outdoors um, and doing all that you know, great stuff in the wilderness. Um, it, it, it's a really engaging activity for those people as well. So, so. How, in, how in this day and age do we define orienteering? Yeah, so orienteering, I mean, it fundamentally is, is just a combination of navigation and, and moving through usually a forest or, or now more so an urban landscape. And so <clears throat> basically uh, it's a marked... Uh, a marked route with checkpoints along the way that you have to get to using nothing but your own mental skills and right. and you have a map and you can have a compass you don't need one but you can have a compass and those are the only tools you get to 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 get yourself from point to point and and so it's a little bit different from things like geocaching which which often people associate with it because you're not allowed to use things like gps you don't have an arrow pointing in the direction um you've only got basically a dot on a map that you've got to figure out how to get from one place to the next. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So it is what we would call old school in that way, <laughs> that you really are kind of using, you know, the magnetic North Pole <laughs> right. and, and a compass. To, yeah, for sure. And I, I don't, you know, I got a background in forestry, so I'm a little familiar with compasses. I don't right. know if the layperson understands how technical that can be once you have to get into yeah. declination and, and different things. That Yeah, so that's really interesting because, I mean... Um, I mean, compass work is, is definitely something that we do, um, but it is almost really a secondary skill. It is, eh? Uh, in orienteering. So, I mean, um, sometimes it's, you absolutely have to use it, and it's the best tool for the job. Right. Um, but most of what we do is navigating off highly detailed maps okay. um, that show vegetation and trails yep. and, and uh, rivers and things like this and, and contours, topographic features and stuff. Yep. So that's, that's the first and major skill. And then... I mean, if you get into a place where you've kind of got to run through a featureless landscape, your compass can come in real handy because it actually does give you an arrow sure. of which way to point. So is, yeah. that a, is, is that then one of the adaptations or the changes over time? Because of technology, the maps are far more 
detail than they ever have been. My God, the aerial photos that we would have available to us now and satellite photos would be, you know, second, you know, second to none. Is that just an adaptation over time? Yeah, I think I think it's that's an interesting point. I think certainly people are are more familiar looking at at maps. I mean, we use Google just to drive on the city and things like this, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, so, and so I think people have maybe um, a bit, and certainly kids have a bit more exposure to to following along on a map as you move or, or like you say, looking at satellite photos and picking out features. And, and, and these were not things that were available to us, certainly publicly available, no. widely available. Um, 20 years ago. No. Yeah, I was no. going to say, even, yeah. So, um, so I, I think in, in a sense that's really helped the sport because People do find it a bit more intuitive, which is yeah. sort of ironic. I mean, we don't use paper maps uh, ever anymore, really. Um, but but we're so familiar looking at things like Google Maps and things. And 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 actually, there's some some really good skills you can for orienteering you can equate to Google Maps. I mean, it it, it does things automatically for you that you really want to do yeah. while you're out orienteering. Like keep your map oriented the direction you're traveling and you know, all oh, this. You're so. taking me, David. You're taking yeah. me down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> so, is are you perhaps suggesting to me that technology has made us use maps more than we would have growing up. We all remember dad used to have the yeah. the big map of Alberta in the inside of the door, right? Yeah. When we got lost in the car, he'd pull it out. Yeah. And that's what I remember the orientation <laughs> I was. We had the maps and everything. But maps weren't something we spent a whole lot of time in life around. They had to have a purpose. Now we all have them on our phones. Sure. I'm going to meet you and we're going to go to a new pub that I've never heard of. Well, the first thing I'm doing is putting in Google Maps where it yeah, is where yeah. can I park and I'm looking. Is it changed? I mean, are we more in tune to maps now than yeah, we have? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. It's I a think, rabbit hole, David. That's totally. What it no, is. but I think it's a fascinating question. Like, I, I think partly, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think we we lean on tools to navigate more than we ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when was the last time someone gave you verbal directions that you wrote on a piece of paper and followed? You know, step by oh, step. Sure. Like, this, sure. this just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are. I think getting more used to having. Uh, a map in front of us showing us the direction, showing us what's on the landscape as we're traveling through it. Yeah. Um, I guess the real trick is, uh, you know, while your phone will tell you exactly where you are and keep track of you, uh, if you've just it's, got a paper map, right? You've got to keep track. You know, you've got to figure out where that blue arrow is, right? Yourself, and right? So I guess maybe that's the 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 real skill that 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 is missing from that from that. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll rescue us from the rabbit hole. All okay. Right, you, earlier, you said that that that. Um, compass work was maybe secondary in yeah. orienting. What is primary? Is it just the physical, uh, the ability to, to, to race and, and be involved that yeah, way? Yeah, so I think in terms of a physical skill, um, just even if you're not running and racing, just the ability to move through, um, uh, you know, you're, you, maybe at the, at the more novice levels, you're always on the trails, you're just moving along trails. Um, but, you know, as you, as you move through maybe a bit more difficult courses and things like this, you're starting to move off trails through more rigorous terrain. You know, I mean, I've had times I've been waist deep in swamps, kind of smashing through things, trying to figure out how yeah. to get from one part to another. Um, so, so there's a physical component there that, that certainly um, requires training and, and development. Um, but equally important is that is this mental focus where yeah. you, you really have to you have to have technical navigations because you have to be able to look at maps, particularly topography on maps, and really be able to visualize the terrain. Um, 
you know, uh, this just takes time and, and, and obviously training and practice. Um, but those two components really have to work together uh, if you're going to be successful. And, and, and am I wrong? But you almost you almost have to have an innate ability to be calm and stay calm and stay in the moment. Because you mentioned <laughs> being, you know, waist deep in water. If you're sure. uncomfortable, if your environment all of a sudden changes, it's real easy to kind of lose your way and lose where you yeah. are. You almost do have to have like a, a low panic threshold. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I should have been waist deep in water at that point in the <laughs> but course, it but it happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that is, that is part of it. And I, you know, we see this in more visible sports and you see sports like biathlon, or, mm-hmm. or other sports where, where athletes are required to really maintain that mental focus yeah. under quite stressful conditions. Um, and, I mean, orienteering, is the stress is a bit different. and You don't have thousands of people watching you shoot at targets or something like you would in biathlon, but you've, you've got to be able to keep your mental composure um, in an unfamiliar environment, in unfamiliar terrain, and, and in particular after you've made a mistake or after you've, You've maybe right. lost contact with your map and, and, and lost where you are a bit and had to loop yep. back and figure out, you know, we don't like to call it being lost out there because, you know, uh, but, uh, but if, you've, if you've had that moment of where you've maybe just not, not sure where you're at for a few minutes, yep. um, it can be difficult to, to keep your focus after, after that, especially for younger athletes. I mean, um, you know, older athletes who have spent decades in the forest don't get rattled by sure. these things, but sure. for, for younger athletes, that's that's a challenge. Yeah. So, give me a sense of what recreational or what entry level orienteering is about nowadays. What what does that look like? How does somebody get involved? What would they be doing when they start? Sure. So, um, so a lot of what we do is in the city. So we don't we go out to the forest and which is around it, gray. I gotta yeah. admit that just dumbfounds me because <laughs> I would have thought everything was out there, but you use the urban la- landscape. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, Calgary's blessed with a lot of, a lot of wild spaces as well. I oh, mean, so you're still talking about green space. So we're talking about green space, but we also, I mean, if, so it, it spans everything really. Yeah. So, I mean, we, everything from very urban maps, like one of our, one of the most fun maps we have is actually the SAIT campus that we're sitting on right now. Really? Uh, which is very much an urban landscape. Yeah. Um, you know, and then right up to places like um, Confederation Park or Fish Creek Park, mm. you know, and then, and then obviously uh, we've got larger maps out in the Kananaskis and Bow Valley and, and places like this. So, so it, there is quite a range. Um, so for, for people entering this board, for, for, Mostly what they, I mean, most people would start in, in at the urban maps, you know, which, yep. so we offer events, kind of weekly events where we go to one park through the city and we have dozens of maps through the city that we use. Um, and they, they would come out and we'd offer a range of courses from, from quite basic navigation along trails or bike paths and things like this, um, right up to more advanced courses that actively avoid those kind of features, those right. easier features. Um, and then, so, so in that sense, it's accessible if anyone just wants to show up and try it. We also, we also offer a range of training programs. And one of our the largest components of our club right now is actually our, our junior program, our kids, our kids programs, which we run at our Sogo Adventure Running, which is, which is like uh, runs in the spring, fall, in the, in the weeknight evenings. And basically, uh, kids from three years old to 17 um, come out and we do some navigation exercises. There's a lot of games. Um, they do a lot of running through the parks. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, 
part of that is just to get kids outside and get them comfortable being in the wilderness and getting dirty and all that yeah. good stuff that kids should do. Um, but also we're working with them to, to learn how to read maps and how to notice their surroundings and how to maybe work on their sense of direction, things like this. So, so the, and, and the same programs exist for adults, but they're not, obviously they're not as fun as playing with the kids. No, no, no. Really. <laughs> I, I almost feel like I ought to have a little uh, alarm here that tells you I'm going to go down rabbit holes yeah, because yeah. here I go down another one. Sure. Are you finding that now maybe more than ever um, orientation has a, a greater role and a more important role in society because it seems to me we've lost touch with our green space and our mm. free play yeah. and just getting outside and being involved. And there's lots of reasons to, wow, there might be, you know, there might be a coyote there or some, there's lots of reasons not to. Do you find that it's even more important now to have programs like orienteering just to kind of re-educate kids yeah. about being outside? Yeah, that's, um, well, I don't know. Maybe my perspective is, will be different from someone else. I'm a parent as well. I've got two young kids yeah. and, yeah. and, but I grew up, running around in the forest by myself sure. when I was even quite young. Right. Um, so, but you so look my, around your neighborhood. Yeah, so my comfort zone is different than yeah, a parent maybe yeah. who, who does, who is worried things like urban coyotes is, is quite a sure. concerning issue for parents. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, and, and rightly so. I mean, so, so yeah, I think there's a, there's a range of comfortabilities with, with quote-unquote wilderness. Um, and, and I think the sport in that sense has a lot to offer in terms of particularly with kids in terms of breaking down that that um you know that hesitation to to leave the pathways to yeah. to, to get out i mean no kid has a problem getting out and getting dirty and playing but as you say i mean having this having this willingness to to you know really get into the woods and and go exploring and and find new places and and not be afraid of what's out there and and I think you know the, the particularly the urban parks are quite a safe place to yeah. to go and enjoy but the, I just the don't outdoors. see enough people I just don't see enough kids in there and I mean <laughs> we can get into that whole societal question sure. but that's why I think it's so important what you guys offer in a way yeah. because you know, I've said this before in other forums. I'm really concerned we're a decade or generation away from having to recruit parents to allow their kids to go outside. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. just shifted. Because when I was a kid, you know, you talk about going to, they told me to go in the ravine. My parents told yeah. me to go. Yeah, get out of the house. Get I don't want to house. see go. you for hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just, you know, I just look at a program like yours and what you guys are up to as being yeah. maybe more important now than it ever has been in a way. Sure. So, so I mean, uh, certainly with our kid programs, our junior programs, um, Probably we have as much challenge bringing the parents, making them comfortable uh, as the kids. I mean, the kids, the kids don't kids don't really resilient. have this inherent, yeah. you yeah. know, terror of what might be out there. That's really more of a parent thing. And and so maybe maybe the more important thing is that we're is that we're exposing parents to this idea that their kids can be outside and running away from them and and being on their own and and stuff. I mean, uh, there there are real there are real issues to consider. If you're going out to Kananaskis and you're running by yourself, I mean, there's, there's wildlife, there's, sure. you know, sure. And, and sure, but I mean, you can, you can maybe part of this, this, this learning to be comfortable and, and learning to expand your comfort zone of, of what's the wilderness and, 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 yeah. and what you can handle. And, and, you know, maybe that's all part of building that resilience. But, to, but just as important as yeah. to run. Just as important as to run, yes. is to go out and run. Absolutely. R right? Yeah. You know, and, and just be active, for yeah. lack of a better term, right? Yeah, and I mean, we have these wonderful park spaces that, that you know, 5% of them gets used because no one leaves the trails, you know, and there's just, mm -hmm. there's just incredible places that are 
15 meters off the trails that you would never know were there. And, yeah. and so, I mean, I've been orienteering in Calgary for, well, let's say a long time. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, to this day, I still find places you know, down in Fish Creek that I've never seen before that are just really remarkable. Is, you know, you say that. I, I, I spent a ton of time in Fish Creek. I don't know if, you know, I've often said this about Calgary. It's a sportsman's paradise when you look where you can go in four different directions, yeah. the Bow River, the mountains, even even just the farmland. Yeah. But I look at Fish Creek and go, that this thing's a marvel. Yeah. Like, what's It's an incredible there? resource. It really is. Yes, right? it is. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you're able to use that, you, you, you know, in your sport. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of the, I mean, it's certainly the closest we get to being in a in a forest environment within the city, you know. Like, yeah. And yeah. so it's, yeah, it's magnificent. So, okay, back about other rabbit holes. Sure. Sorry. I, <laughs> no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feel like I'm. These are all interesting I discussions. Feel, well, I'm kind of feel like I'm taking over your podcast. But yeah, that's um, right. I'm a big believer in multi-sport discipline. I'm a big believer in long-term athlete development. Okay. Can you make a case, I think you can, but can you make a case for a, a team sport athlete to spend some time in orienteering and, and being competitive in that to benefit them in other sports? Sure. Yeah, I think, um, well, you mentioned long-term athlete development. I think, I think orienteering shares a lot of the fundamental physical literacies with, mm-hmm. with a lot of other sports and, and probably even incorporates a wider breadth than most sports in that in that the, the, the athletic and the physical abilities required are so wide-ranging. I mean, there's, there's endurance, uh, just being able to hike or run or yeah. whatever for, for extended amounts of time. There's, there's this agility component of running, not just on the bike path or the sidewalks, but, but along trails, over fallen trees, and, you know, through things. And then, and then um, <clears throat> on the, you know, you know, for an athlete looking for mental focus or or looking to build their their you know their their mental capacities uh, like you say even to handle adversity in yes, sport or, yeah. or anything like this yeah. i mean you're <laughs> you're inevitably going to find yourself uh, out on an orienteering map having made a mistake or having realized that you've done something wrong or right. chosen the wrong route or something like this and right. and and being able to not just keep your focus but also to plan around that and and uh adjust your strategy on the fly um i mean these are all sort of critical abilities for any athlete in any sport um i mean obviously the the orienteering doesn't really have that team component though we do a lot of group training and things like this just for the social aspect of it you know it's quite it's quite nice to know your fellow orienteer but when you're out there you are by yourself um so your decision making has to be internal and it but i think that's the to me that's the the mistake that's made is we look everything and you know we can get into early specialization which is the bane <laughs> of my absolute existence but i look at a you know a hockey player a basketball player a soccer player and it'd be ridiculous for them not to consider this as a an alternative for off-season training you oh know, yeah you know what i mean but yeah. i don't know if it necessarily comes up like I, i'm not sure there's a whole bunch of hockey coaches going hey grab yourself a, you know a map let's you know yeah. let's spend the summer yeah. But, but what a great way to build endurance. What a great way to build sure. confidence. What a great way to build, you know, the ability sure. to deal with adversity, I think. Yeah. Well, and if I can be biased, I would Please. say it's a heck of a lot more interesting and fun than just going and running for, you know, like. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Like there's, it's, exactly. It's the, 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 
I mean, that, that, that's the, the motivation component shouldn't be understated. I mean, I'm a runner, um, and I would way rather go running on the trails and through the forest than than through my neighborhood oh, on yeah, the sidewalks. Yeah. And, you know, so Absolutely. the motivation to get outside, and then you find yourself out there with these, you know, you hit your control points along the way, you get this constant positive feedback. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's really hard to dial it back sometimes because you really do get into this. So, so yeah, I mean, that's not to be understated. Okay, yeah. well, let's go to the other side, which is okay. the competitive and the high end. You okay. mentioned Canada's national team. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about, you know, what constitutes, you know, high end or elite orienteering. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we've had a national team in Canada for a long time, since I was a kid. And so this is not a new thing. Mm. Um, and I mean, Canada is not a, orienteering is not one of the, it's just not a mainstream sport in Canada. And so... Isn't that a little ridiculous? Uh, yeah, I mean, right? Cons- cons- I never cons- understood No, it, no, right? it should be the national sport. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, so I mean, we, we do... Uh, the, mostly it's a European uh, sport. Yeah. Like, most of the athletes come out of Europe, and, and there they're getting thousands and thousands of people out to events and things like this. So, so most of where our national team competes and things and, and championship meets and things happen in Europe and things like that. But there's a really good series of races across Canada hmm. um, as well as through the United States. And, and so... Um, the, the, we run a program, so coming out of junior, uh, junior programs that are run more at the local level, um, we have, we have a national, our national governing body, Orienteering Canada, yep. runs a, a high-performance program for elite athletes. And, and, and these are largely athletes that have come up through the sport since they were juniors, though, though it's possible to enter the sport late. And this is not a, it's not a barrier mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I think the... One of the interesting things in, in, in this, you know, people ask, well, is it better to be a, do you need to be a really good navigator or do you need to be a really good runner? And, and I think th- the fact of the matter is, is, is if you're on the national team, you are, a, you know, you're, you're approaching a world-class athlete in both respects. Yep. Like you, just, you just have to be a well-rounded, um, skilled athlete. And we have, there's several uh, national team athletes that train and, and race in Calgary. So we have a really good body of, of national team athletes here. And uh, we're always working within the club here to get to get them involved too, and things like coaching. Oh, and are they good mentors that way? And things, yeah. And and so it's it's it's. I mean, part of it's difficult because they do train. Um, we don't have a huge um, uh, training center for our national athletes here, or mm-hmm. anything like this. So so a lot of their training is done, um, you know, uh, more personally and, and 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 on their own, things like this, or together as a small group in the national team. But right. but but we do we do try to integrate them into, into mentoring our younger athletes. And, and a lot of them have come to coach and, and things like this. And, and even, you know, for younger athletes, just seeing the national team athletes show up at even the local weeknight event yep. um, and getting a chance to talk with them about how their race went. Often they're on the same course um, as them. So they could talk about maybe the, where they had trouble and, and, and get some feedback. I mean, it, there's great opportunities there. And it's, I mean, it's this is a sport where you can. It's a very accessible national team and yeah. approachable people. Yeah. So, I, I, David, I don't want to make the assumption that everybody knows. So, walk me through what an elite orienteering event would look like. Sure. What would that? What would? It, what is it? Sure. So, um, I mean, it looks a lot like a recreational orienteering event okay. on on the surface, and and so the the eliteness of it would come in how you approach the race, um, because. Uh, so, so you would have basically we would run most of our championship, say, the Alberta champs, which are coming up at the end of the month here. Um, we would run them on a map in out in outside the city in the forest, and we would we would set up a course, and the and the elite championship course would be 
the most difficult navigation-wise, as well as the longest. So these, these guys would be running maybe between uh, 5 or 6K for a short-distance course and then up to even like 12 to 15 kilometers for a long-distance course. And that's, and that's off-trail through the forest cross-country running. That's, yep. you know. And so, so this course would be designed to keep them away from features that are easy to follow. So they would be navigating basically 100% of the time. There's very little mental rest during that time. Uh, and the course would take them through... A lot of forested terrain, nice running forest, mm. but also a lot of elevation change, some d more difficult running terrain. We're talking about like wet areas or steep areas, rocky areas, things like this, so a variety of right. things. And these guys would be running this faster than most of us can run the same distance on a road. On right? a road, so, yeah. So I mean like, um, you know, we're talking about really high level athletes. The the really interesting thing, I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about, the, the, the appeal there is that... Uh, recreational athlete could go out on the exact same course and approach it completely differently and so they could take the same map and do the same course in their hiking boots with their camera you know sure. and and make their way around yeah and and so really it's the it's the approach and the and the, and your own objectives for what you want to get out of that race um but but yeah i mean it's uh it's uh it can be as hard and challenging or or as straightforward and and relaxing as you want right? so tell me a little bit about the alberta orienteering association give me the the skinny what do we need to know about you how do we find you okay so um so the alberta orienteering association is our provincial governing body okay um and uh so i don't mess up the website i'll just say you can google alberta orienteering <laughs> that's um, the best way we uh i'm the president of the, of the foothills orienteering which is okay. the calgary yep. club um and so the alberta the, the alberta association really um they're, while they're the governing body for the sport, most of the events, all the programs and things are run through the local clubs. So Calgary has a, uh, a club as well as Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And we, we basically run the weekly orienteering programs, all the kid Sogo Adventure running programs, our adult training programs, our coaching certifications, all these things. So we run these programs with the support of our provincial association. Yep. And then, again, in turn, with the support of Orienteering Canada, which is our, which is our national governing body. Um, we have started to, I mean, in the past, we've been quite localized in Calgary and Edmonton. And um, I can't speak for Edmonton, but in Calgary, we've started to try to really move the programs we offer out to some of the more remote communities as well. So we're offering SOGO adventure running programs in Cochrane right now, mm -hmm. in Bragg Creek. Um, you know, there's obviously opportunities in places like Airdrie and Okotoks. I mean, Calgary's a, a big, sprawling city. Yeah, and is. so yeah. we do try to, we really try to offer um, opportunities for anyone to try or become involved or train in the sport um, throughout southern Alberta. And then um, we do, we trade off with Edmonton uh, running things like provincial championships. Mm. Uh, so next year Edmonton will run the, the provincial championship meet. This year it's us. And then with the support of the Alberta Orienteering Association, we, we run that event. This one's down by Turner Valley, south of town. Right. Um, at the end of the month here. So, so yeah, I mean, a lot of it is done locally. Um, and then, and then we're governed over top by the provincial association. Yeah. My assumption would be in terms of, you know, entry level and getting involved, equipment costs are probably you know, not bad, you know, yeah. good. I know what good running shoes can cost. Yeah. You, yeah. Right? And you know, yeah, you go through running shoes a lot quicker orienteering. Than sure. You do, you do. run yeah. the pathway. Yeah. 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 No. So that's, that's really interesting. I was, I was thinking about this actually as I was driving over cause, cause we've been working on some maps and things like this. Um, as an athlete and, and as a parent speaking for myself too, yeah. um, 
getting into the sport is actually really inexpensive. I mean, uh, you need a pair of running shoes, and I would almost say, like, the more beat up, the better, um, yeah. right? And things yep. like this. So uh, you need running shoes, you need some, need some running clothes, uh, things like this. Very straightforward. Um, you can get a, I mean, you can obviously, you can pick up a compass at MEC for mm-hmm. 20 bucks. Um, you can, racing compasses can get up to, sure. you know, few hundred dollars but you don't need that um so really there's no equipment barrier i would say or financial barrier of entry however on the administrative side yeah. and on on the from the from the club perspective and in the event director perspective um the sport does require some serious resources mm-hmm. um first and foremost making these highly detailed maps yes. of the parks yeah. and maintaining them because like, things change sure. you know trees go yep. in and out we have huge floods in Calgary where yep. we basically have to start our maps from scratch and things um, and then we map you know 10 square kilometers of, of forest out in Kananaskis and this basically has to be walked you yep. know step by step and there's lots of new technology we were talking about you know you can use satellite and all this stuff to make these maps but really someone has to walk around and this person has to be a qualified skilled mapper and yep. and things so these are quite resource intensive um and the reality is in a small sport you know people with the expertise to to do things like map make maps or coach um are are few and far between so we we have a lot of, on, a, on the club side, we invest a lot of resources into those things as yeah, well. I yeah, can, I can see that. Yeah, so administratively our costs are high, but at the front end, if you're just coming to run, it's, yeah. it's very straightforward. Just w- what about a season? Or is, is it draw, you know, can someone start at any time? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we run, we're currently running weekly events. They're most Wednesdays. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so that's run through the local club, so uh, orienteeringcalgary.com. CA is our website, and you can see the whole schedule on there. Um, so anybody can show up for any meet um, and just try it out, mm-hmm. no problem. Um, and it's it's the costs are really low to just come out and and, and head around the map. And then um, we run our we run our kid programs in the spring and fall, so before school ends, and then after school starts up again. And then we do also run a lot of training and informal training and then forest events uh, a few through the summer um, and then even through the winter when yep. when people are tired of running on their treadmills <laughs> yeah. and, and and are ready to go run in in the snow and cold we'll i mean there's no there's no barrier to setting up or right. interior checkpoints and things do you work with schools are you able to work with schools we do we actually our schools program is one of our largest programs oh, okay. so it's run through sogo adventure running yeah. and um, and uh, most of that we're approached, actually a lot of the time we're approached by schools mm-hmm. who are interested in running one of these programs. So we offer like one, three or five day orienteering programs yeah. where basically um, we'll, we'll set up some orienteering exercises and activities right from the school um, and, and kids can go and, and engage in the sport that way. Uh, and those are incredibly popular. Like I think we're almost we're almost booked solid, but we probably still have some oh, openings. Really? So yeah, I mean that's that's been one of the okay. one of our best ways to access young uh, yep. young athletes and, and interested kids yep. um, has been through the schools program. And and I think orienteering when I was a kid, orienteering used to be in as part of the school curriculum. Well, that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah I remember doing it too. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure if that's the case anymore, I, but. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm so frustrated with the lack <laughs> of physical education in our school systems, as most of us are. So I, I don't want to. Well, we're I'm happy. To, to, we're happy to support that. I'm, I'm yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to go back to some place where we started, just to kind of finish off here. Sure. Just where are we going? Because you mentioned geocaching. People would have heard that. Yeah. Um, we've seen kind of the advent 
into parkour, rock climbing, oh, yeah. and all of these things. Yep. It just seems to me kind of these outdoor. And and I'll throw one more in there. And and I don't know. You might. This is where you might walk away and, and never talk to me again. <laughs> but I was fascinated by that that kind of real quick burst of uh, popularity that Pokemon Go had in terms of uh-huh. that augmented reality yep. and getting. Like you talk about that—that that was a crazy month in Fish Creek Park when you yes. had all those teenagers yeah, we walking ran, around. Yeah, we ran into a lot of those. Right, people, they yeah. were just what are you doing? <laughs> but what what kind of influence? I mean, is that are these things influencing where orientation is going? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, probably. I, I think. I mean, it, all these things. Well, we'll start with the Pokemon. This is a yeah. funny thing because, like, I mean, I won't. I won't. Uh, confirm yeah. or deny that that me and my kids were involved <laughs> in some of that, but um, uh, you know, I, I think part part of this uh, attraction is this this idea of this sort of goes. I hate to use the word scavenger hunt because people always always oh, orienting a scavenger hunt, but really, you know, this this going out on an adventure to find something yes. that yes. that is hidden yeah. somewhere, and you only have. You know, these, I mean, there's a real appeal to that. And I think that yeah. takes many forms and has. And, and, and I think that's, I mean, you know, we talked about a lot about the elite level and things like this. And, and these, these people are taking it more seriously than that, at least on the surface, you know. But, but I think that's part of the draw is that you, you get out there and you find something that someone has put there and, mm-hmm. and you've managed to find it yourself. And I think that's a lot of draw. On the, on the physical side, I think absolutely things like, um, uh, well, what are the the Spartan races and things yeah, like this? Yeah, yeah, right. And and you know, about a decade ago, this huge boom in adventure racing, this multi-sport adventure racing and things, yeah. and and we saw a lot of people coming into orienteering, trying to get some more navigation skill because they were interested in this multi-sport adventure racing and things. Okay. So so I think we've we've benefited. The club has. Um, being on the periphery of, of those yeah. trends, uh, call them that, you know, in sport, in other sports. But I think also, like, we've, we've been able to, or maybe the skill set that, that, that we try to build for orienteers really, I mean, does have this breadth of applicability to other sports. And, and I think, I mean, I wouldn't say you're ever going to be as uncomfortable in an orienteering course as you will be in a Spartan race, but, but some of the same sure. motivations there of, of maybe just getting off the beaten path, something a little different, not just going out for a run, not right. just going to the gym, but really having that, that full, um, oh man, not to romanticize it, but kind of an immersive experience yeah. of, of, yeah, yeah. of no, no. being out on a course and, and completing it and yeah. things, you know? And, and, and I can't help it. I mean, I'm looking at you thinking you probably have done a Spartan race. I, you, I, I've never done a sport. Oh, okay. oh no, that's not true. Actually, I did one with my son. Okay, see, yeah. that's what I mean. And yeah. you probably have been rock climbing. I've been rock. Climbing. I don't want to make. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm throwing out these no, baseless assumptions. Do it. Yeah, but, that's no problem. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- there is a yeah. certain lifestyle component to that too. Right? Well, just people like to be outside, you know, yeah. and, and aren't afraid of being dirty too, right? or uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's like we get a lot of people from that side who just want that wilderness experience, yeah. and then and then we also pull athletes out of say like track and field who yes. who are looking for something they're high level athletic very focused af- athletes and and they just are looking for something a bit different yeah um or or i dare say more interesting sure and i'm allowed to say that because i'm a no no you're allowed, you're, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> um okay one more one last time how can people find out more information or where should they go sure so uh in in calgary go to the orienteering club website which okay. is orienteeringcalgary.ca um and if you want you can link out from there. We've got an event calendar. You can fire us an email. You can give us a call. 